Hey everybody, Jay Wade here with my full report on the book of Boba Fett. Boba's Book Report, Chapter 1, Stranger in a Strange Land. After having taken the throne from Bib Fortuna, Boba has flashbacks from within his Bacta tank. Now, speaking of Tuna, there is something that has bothered me for a very long time. Those poor Tuna getting caught up in the nets when folks are fishing for dolphin. And now in these flashbacks, we, we go to Camino, and that is awesome. Then we get a little flashback of Boba as a child, lifting up his beheaded father's head. Uh, it's got to still be in that helmet, which is kind of gruesome and uh, morbid when you think about it. Then we cut to inside the Sarlacc pit. Boba Fett is alive. Oxygen and fire is all this man needs to be free. Then, of course, the Jawa stripped his armor. Yep. Then, of course, the Sand People found him. I mean, what else is going to happen on Tatooine? Now, back to reality and what you're about. Fatuna can't do nothing because you whacked him out. So the crime lord takes his throne once again, and he receives tributes, gaining some coin. But more important than anything, he gains a very sweet Wookiee skin rug. Yeah gonna lay that thing out in front of the fireplace but then we get to the mayor's rep now i don't know why the mayor couldn't make it there himself but we find out it is because the mayor is scared because not only is he not giving tribute to our new crime lord he expects tribute yeah we're just gonna chew on that cliffhanger for a while see where that ends up here later on uh, in the season next we see boba and finnick taking a nice lovely stroll through the city of mos espa into the cantina gain some more tribute and uh yeah maybe uh maybe make some connections for the future looks like a pretty loose place Pretty swinging joint, perhaps. So we get the tribute. We're headed out of there, presumably on to the next cantina to get some mo money. And then what happens, everybody? We are bombarded by space ninjas. They've got the shields. They've got the uh, the, the electric shocker rod. They scrap. Boba takes some heavy hit. His new Gamorrean bodyguards, they show their loyalty. Finnick goes chasing off after the remaining two ninjas in, in, a, in, a, in an epic rooftop chase. I mean, like, it was like Jason Bourne up in the house here dude she got him cornered yeah man you know she did and i even said it i said you only need one of them alive boom she kills one we got one to take back we're back at boba's palace we we, we see the frantic rushing from the gamorian guard to get boba back into the back to tank and that's when the flashbacks start again baby we are back to boba being a captive for the sand people he ain't alone this time oh no he's not and just as our hero breaks his bonds and we think he's gonna get away because he has taken out that dog nope his companion there his his fellow captive just rats him out rats him out thanks greedo jr by the way as a side note the wrong thing to say is that han shot first uh the proper thing would be greedo never shot at all boba runs like the wind but the dog chases him down and once again our hero is back in his bonds but uh we're about to take a little road trip here with uh with a little kid a little uh sand people kid they got a lot of faith in their youth tell you that now at this point i don't know if we're in lord of the rings with all the walking or are we in the finale of seinfeld where we just watch some guy get robbed and beat down and uh we do nothing about it i'm still trying to figure out what they're walking for who'd have known that water grew in fields everybody apparently that's how it works and you've got to walk hours to find the field the field looks like the rest of the desert so how you find the field and you know that that's the field i have no idea water grows 
years on Tatooine. I'm not going to try to wrap my head around it too much. Not worth it. But I am shocked and impressed that the Rodane can dig so well with suction cup fingers. And I tell you, it must be tiring watching other folks dig all day because uh, Dick and Spot fell asleep while on guard duty, giving Boba the opportune moment to pounce and make his getaway. Is that what happened? Well, I, I gotta tell you. This moment right here is where I would have drowned Greedo Jr. in the sand, strangled out the dog, and put the old Dayton stomp to the youngling. No, for real though, this was a wasted opportunity. Uh, very much so. But it gets even better. Just wait for it. Which ends with Boba Fett being to Goro as Leia was to Jabba in Return of the Jedi. Now we're just waiting for Raiden to show up because we got a new champion, baby. But then we see the little punk youngling running into the village as if he had slayed this thing. Dude taking all the credit for it. What? But hey, Boba let it slide and returned. He got himself some water. And that is what it's all about. Chapter 2. The Tribes of Tatooine we start off with Finnick uh, walking with her dog in tow, her space ninja, if you will, in tow, walking up the sand ramp to Boba's new palace. He's knelt before the great Boba Fett, and uh, if it comes down to the Rancor pit or giving up whoever hired him, this fella chooses the Rancor pit. Not a very wise choice, and he does not stick with it, as he quickly gives up the goods that it was the mayor of Mos Espa who had hired him. So Boba heads to Mos Espa with Finnick, their space ninja and the two-thirds global warming guards boba ain't messing around he ain't into the bureaucratic crap he barges on in there and that mayor oh yeah he's looking at boba he's like it ain't me babe huh no, 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 it ain't me, baby. It ain't me you're looking for, babe. So he tips off Boba that he should go back to the old pleasure palace there. Bounce, bounce, bounce. And uh, he does so. There he discovers that Hut twins have come back to claim the throne of Jabba the Hutt. Wonder how this is going to go over. Eh, we find out. Boba stands his ground. I mean, literally, because this man don't need no litter. He's made that extremely clear. Then Black K makes his debut in canon. And holy crap, this man is a beast. Not really a man, he's a Wookiee, but uh, it's huge, huge. Back to the back of the tank where we get more flashbacks and we see Boba training while the other little, uh, little, little tribe members are, they're farming for water or they're hunting for creatures. I'm not sure what they're doing. They're doing something, but Boba's training with his stick uh, and then a, a space train comes. Space trains, man, they're real. This was pretty cool. Space train comes shooting across the land. They shoot their Bantha. They shoot a bunch of the sand people. It really sucks, but it's got that awesome, western feel i love it and you know those wheels are turning up in boba's head then just shortly after that boba sees some speeder bikes racing across the dunes and, uh you can tell that gets those wheels turning even more this is probably the best part we get the crossover uh we get the crossover here that, that, that we didn't know we wanted uh we didn't know we needed we got it and it was awesome okay so enter sons of anarchy i mean it is awesome boba walks into the cantina we got the sons of anarchy in their race in hell throwing back some drinks picking on the clientele that's in there who may be some familiar faces from some deleted scenes from new hope we don't know for sure yet but they probably are find out from someone else who's more knowledgeable and cares more because that's not me but the point is that we got our sons of anarchy crossover and uh it was awesome boba took them all out i was shocked absolutely surprised Jax obviously wasn't there none of that would have happened the way it did but boba's the man takes them all out and 
to add salt to the wound. He steals all of their bikes, not just one of them, to get back home. This man takes them all, baby. Yeah, that's how we roll. Now, one of the best parts of this chapter is Boba teaching everyone how to use the speeder bikes. It's a, it's a great little montage style scene, jumping back and forth to bikes, actually using them, riding them like a bantha. It's awesome, that look on his face. <laughs> uh, it's so fun, but it was not it was not as exciting as the actual taking of Tatooine one two three. So Boba leads the raid on the on the on the space train when it comes by. They're shooting back and forth. They're jumping on the train. They're getting thrown off the train, shot off the train. Uh, uh, they're getting hit by the train as it runs over them. Everything's going down. It's absolute mayhem. And uh, the the biggest takeaway we get from this is that is that yes, I'm about to say it. Daenerys is back, y'all. Woot woot. Especially finding out that the uh, Pike Syndicate is on the train. Yeah, we're getting Daenerys back, baby. Love it. Love it. Get two crossovers here in this in this show. Well, actually, we've already had the Mortal Kombat. Now we've got the Sons of Anarchy Game of Thrones crossover coming up soon. So Boba makes a little arrangement with the crew. He's a nice fella. He's a lot nicer than uh, I think any of us ever thought. He gives them each one melon to last them until they get to Anchorhead. They can then get the hell off attached and uh, the real fun can begin uh, because this ain't going to go over very well. I mean, Boba took down the train, like wrecked the train, okay, uh, gave them very little water, and they look like some sort of aqua-type species here. But the thing that kills me is water is such a valuable commodity here on Tatooine, so hard to find that you have to farm for it, and they just open the cap and just letting this water just dump out all over the desert. And Boba never says a word about it, dude. Dude, come on, man. What are you doing? Okay, guys, so uh, follow this next bit closely. We're going to do a little rapid fire here. They go back to the home base. A lizard crawls up Boba's nose. We get a dune crossover with the Spice Dream. He sees Jawas, Kamino, and the Sarlacc Pit. Then he finds a tree in the desert. Somehow, you're farming for water, but you find a tree. So he takes a branch from it. No big deal. So then when he gets back from his little spice trip here, the uh, lizard crawls out of his nose, jumps back into its little wicker container, thing they got there. They take his branch. He makes a gaffy stick out of it. That's how he got his gaffy stick. He joined the sand people, danced around the fire with their sticks. This is about like how I did book reports in school. Actually, it's not at all. Those, I would just read the first two chapters, middle two chapters, last two chapters, read the summary. Boom. You got yourself a book report. Chapter three, the streets of Mos Espa. We start with Laszlo telling Boba Fett what happened after Jabba's death at the hands of Princess Leia. We've had quite a few crossovers so far in this show, and this chapter is no different as Bill Dotrieve comes to Boba, seeking his assistance with the wet bandits, offering to pay double the tribute. So the crew rolls into town, but rather than doing Bill that solid, old Boba Fett hires the bandits to work for him instead. And based on that look of old Bill Dotrieve, I do not believe that that's going to be the last we see of him. The Back to Tank brings us more flashbacks where Boba's riding into Mos Eisley. He asks the Jawas where the pikes are located, and we see the mounting of the Stormtrooper helmets that we got a glimpse of in The Mandalorian. Now he's come to collect on his uh, protection bill that's due. 
but uh, he discovers that the Sons of Anarchy have already collected and laid claim to the area. I got a feeling this ain't gonna go over so well. But before he can get back to the tribe to rally the troops, he discovers that the Sons have already been there, sees the smoke on the horizon, and as he gets near, as he arrives in the village, everyone has been killed, everyone's wiped out. There we get a nice scene of him cleaning up and honoring his friends the best he can, then he walks away as we fade back to the back to tank. Now I'd say it's a hell of a rude awakening to have Black K ripping you from the tank and laying a smackdown on you, but our man Boba gets in some great shots, including the gaffy stick to the back, just implants it right in there, we get those, those awesome, amazing, wookie roars, but our man gets some assistance there from the wet bandits, and they ain't too shabby, I think he might be doing our right then his two-thirds global warming guards come strolling in they helped out a little bit too k gets shanked like it's a typical episode oz the punks get wrecked then black k gives it his all in his first ever recorded nfl tryouts as he plows right through the guards tumbling into the throne room down the stairs finnick to the rescue she hits that switch dropping black k into the rancor pit where i'm thinking holy miss moly got me loud the huts show up with their tails tucked and a gift and a warning that Tatooine is not worth the trouble as well as the knowledge that the mayor is working with the pikes boba offers black k back to the huts to which they suggest that boba should sell him into slavery one but boba lets him go and he runs off like a wounded animal on par we get machete and yet another crossover where he's the trainer for the rancor and he shares a touching moment with boba and the sweet beast laszlo then interrupts them with the news that the mayor will be fleeing soon and boba goes to pay him a visit with old finnick but he's gone already and his right hand makes like a tree and gets out of there the wet bandits mount their cyberpunk bikes and give chase i guess ending with a nod to back to the future which is cool then this chapter wraps up with the hefty amount of the pikes arriving to the city and boba looking ready for war chapter four the gathering storm Right into the flashback till we get Boba riding a bantha to Jabba's palace. Now belonging to Bib Portuna, there's no telling how stacked it is with security. Bantha eat meat, but they have flat teeth. We quickly find out that this, this is the night that Boba met Fennec. Rather found Fennec, then he takes her to a cyborg punk station, fixes her up, then off they fly to the palace to reclaim Slave One. Fennec pulls out her little Death Star grinder, then sends it into the palace to take scans. Boba shows he has a heart with a playful goodbye to his Bantha. Then the scans come back in and we see Boba with the look of I knew I should have made a left turn at Albuquerque. Cause this joint is guarded like Tony Montana's house. Not at all related to Hannah Montana, but wouldn't that be interesting? They opt for the stealthy approach, taking out the kitchen droids, including Grievous's grandson who was on Tatooine on a culinary internship. They make it to the ship where Finnick holds off the guards while Boba picks a fight with the walls before making their getaway. What the walls ever did to Boba, I don't know. Now, if you're a big fan of Sons of Anarchy, then you are out of luck, because this first mission is to wipe them out, which he does in a spectacular fashion and with great, great ease, blowing them away with blasters as they speed across the desert, taking out the leader of the pack with a missile. Sorry, Jax, but it's better than hitting a semi head-on. No more running guns for the Irish here. 
here? Dude, guys, did he forget he was stripped of his armor after he crawled out of the pit? No sense. No sense at all, I tell ya. They go back to the Sarlacc pit where it tries to eat Slave 1, but Fennec drops a seismic charge into the pit. This, guys, is where we get the third coolest sound in Star Wars. Boba crawls into the pit, somehow surviving the dreaded acid, and comes up short-handed. A campfire session brings about the official teaming up of Boba and Fennec. Now back to the present time, our man is totally healed and it's time to get back to the city and maintain a presence. First stop is the Pleasure Palace, of course, where Black K was looking salty. He'd started a bar fight before Boba arrived, then we finally get to see it. We saw a Wookiee rip the arms off of something and I'll never be able to stand again. After after that audition, how could he not offer BK a job? We're now at a sit-down with the three syndicates controlling Mos Espa, where he uses his new pet to uh, help reinforce his position. Then he requests an alliance to fight the Pikes, which is shot down, but they do agree not to side against him. We end with Boba and Finnick up on the balcony talking about the need for muscle. Finnick says she's got the hook, and then the Mandalorian theme kicks in, and it is fire. Chapter 5, Return of the Mandalorian We open in Philly at Shamrock Meets, where Rocky is no doubt somewhere training for his next big fight. Mando's there to collect on a bounty. Doesn't go so well. A fight ensues. Then he pulls a Mac, cutting himself with his own darksaber. But he gets his guy, chops him in half, then takes his head as proof of services rendered. Then we're off to Patty's Pub for a quick drink before making his way back to the Halo treadmill. Hey, Mando makes his way to the elevator where we quickly find out that rides with strangers are even awkward in Star Wars. Then he just strolls up into the club with the head in a bag. No big deal. Nothing to see here. Move along. He don't care about money. He just wants information. And he gets that information. Then he goes out on a long hike, limping and descending till he reaches the good old armor and the big man. Big Mandalorian, that is. They engage in a rap session that Travis Scott is not invited to. She gets in explanation as to how he became the wielder of the Darksaber. Quite a different perspective on Bo-Katan and how she'd received the saber. Flashbacks to the Mandalorian Purge, all while Mando's Baskar spear is being smelted and forged into Baby Yoda armor. There's a saber training session and discussion as to why the saber is too heavy for Jin to wield properly, which ends with Big Man challenging him to a duel for the saber, revealing that it was his ancestors who made it. And we'll see how that pans out in next season of The Mandalorian, I'm sure. Now, who'd have known that the space TSA sucks too? But they do. And this is where we see him unpacking his arsenal and checking it in as he prepares to board for his public transport. Arriving on Tatooine and making his way to his old crazy-haired friend, she ain't got the ship he's expecting. This isn't the Razor Crest you're looking for. But after a lengthy shipbuilding montage, he does come away with a pretty sweet-looking Naboo Starfire. And in one, to be exact. Still quite unsure of it, he takes her out for a test flight over the city of Mos Eisley through Beggar's Canyon, then up into the stars where he tests the five Ds of space flight. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. 
but Mando gets detained by Mr. Kim and LT for getting a bit too frisky with the throttle. Mr. Kim recognizes his voice, questions him further, then ain't having it. He's out of there in the blink of an eye and the lawman will let this little doggy fly off into the darkness. Too much paperwork. Upon returning to the hangar, he is greeted by Fennec who's recruiting for Boba's war. Mando gladly accepts, free of charge of course, but says he has to see a little friend first. Chapter 6 From the Desert Comes a Stranger Open exterior on the desert of Tatooine. Marshal Bullock breaks up a spice deal involving the Pikes. He kills three of them while sending a message with the fourth, don't run your spice through these parts no more. Cut to Mando arriving on a planet. R2's the man, he's already waiting on him. Ant droids are building Luke's first Jedi Academy. Then he takes a nap while waiting for someone to greet him. Where is everybody? But there ain't no time for greetings cause Luke and Baby Yoda are meditating. Well, Luke is, while Baby Yoda eyes a frog. He then uses the force to try to eat the thing, but Luke shuts him down really fast. After a walk and talk, Luke shows Baby Yoda a memory. Vader's clone troopers, that's right, the 501st executing Order 66. Baby Yoda's being defended by three Jedi. That doesn't go so well for them. The clone troopers move in on him just as he comes to. Then Mando wakes up with Becky standing over him in Ahsoka cosplay. Dante Tay's on his way in, but I can imagine him flying his junker as he rages out. Not even supposed to be here today. Din and Becky then have a little walk and talk of their own where she convinces him that seeing Baby Yoda would hinder his training. He resists, sees Luke and Baby Yoda up on the hill. He then gives Becky the armor for his little friend and flies off into the sunset. Poor little guy. We resume with the training and we get the little guy trying to jump. So cute! They climb up a tree. They they see the balance of nature, Grogu trying to balance on a tree. Luke gets in some saber training. Then out comes the flying soccer ball. Grogu finally destroys it and gets an attaboy. By the way, he learned to jump. The Mandalorian rolls back into Tatooine, arriving at Boba's palace, where we catch the crew assembled in his throne room. Finnick breaks down the situation. We got Big K, the cyborg punk gang. Then Din shows up, just standing there like, yo. What up? Well, they got the enforcers for the city, but we still need an army, guys. So the Mandalorian gives the Jawas a good old flyby in his N1 Naboo Starfighter on his way to Deadwood. New deputy's far too big for his britches. He tries to tell the Mandalorian he's in a no-parking zone. <laughs> He gets blown off, and Bullock strolls up, and he's like, man, I got this. I got this under control. You go ahead and go back to whatever you were doing before. Mando buys Bullock a stiff drink on a hot day, tries to recruit the town, now named Freetown, to help fight the Pikes. Bullock just wants the wood to live in peace, but he agrees to consider it, and off flies Mando. Bullock's like, yo, barkeep, go round up all the able-bodied folks, tell them to come to town, we's gonna have us a meeting, to which he replies by reiterating that they are not affected by the spice running and this is not their fight. Bullock says, well now that may be, but people might feel different after I say my piece. Just then a lone figure starts to stroll into town from across the dusty desert. His attire is quite distinct, a duster and a well-brimmed hat. Townsfolk are sent inside as the marshal walks to the center of the one road in town. We know who it is, let's not even play around here baby, no need to be coy. It's Cad Bane! 
Bane and he's glorious, head down, eyes hidden, teeth exposed. He tells Bullock, we'll match Boba's offer. Then of course the cocky Greenhorn has to come out and run his mouth. Our marshal ain't for sale, Pilgrim. Oh yeah, you better believe Bullock gave him the old evil eye for that move. Cad gives Bullock a warning, just know your place and mind your own. Well, Bullock advises him he best get out to Black Hills. Don't never come back. Cad pushes his duster aside as they both prepare to draw. The tension is absolutely so thick in the air. It's just a killing me. I don't know how to contain myself and I don't know if I want to because everybody, we got a good old fashioned three-way brewing up here and then it happens. Bullock draws first. Cad Bane whips out his piece, blasts the marshal, then blasts the deputy. Oh, he blasted all over that deputy like multiple times. It was definitely the climax of the scene. After stating that Tatooine now belongs to the syndicate, and as long as the peeps stay clear, everyone will be left alone, old Cab Bane just turns around and walks back off into the desert. And hey, we also found out here that the Pikes enjoy entertainment too, bounce chicka bounce bounce, because we see a couple of them heading to the Pleasure Palace there in Mos Espa. That joint was hopping, man. They decline the helmet cleaning, leave their container on a table, and walk out as an explosion rips through the front door. No more flash dance, everybody. Back to Luke and Grogu, where Luke presents the little guy with the Baskar armor, but first he gives him a choice. The armor, and he will leave to be with the Mandalorian, giving up his Jedi training, or take Master Yoda's lightsaber and continue as Luke's first student. Kind of a terrible choice to have to make. Chapter 7 In the Name of Honor Standing in the aftermath of the Pleasure Palace's destruction, we open with Boba and Finnick discussing the war that started and the possible destruction of the city. Our man Din shows up ready to fight. They ponder possibly holding up at Boba's palace. The cyborg punk gang are adamant about standing their ground. We gotta protect the people. Now while they're hunkering down, good old Cad Bane rolls into Mos Eisley to meet with the Syndicate. That cowardly Mos Espa mayor is there too. Bane informs them all that he's taken care of Marshal Bullock. No worries there. Deadwood is now a free territory to run that spice through. He then finds out that the Syndicate were behind the killing of Boba's Tuscan tribe. It wasn't the Sons of Anarchy. They were wiped out for no reason whatsoever. So sorry, Lex. Bobby Elvis has left the building. Now it's about this time when Mr. Kim shows up at old Crazy Hare's Bay. I forgot about Luke and the baby, I will admit, because it was really R2 flying Grogu to meet Mando. He's back with his papa while sporting the shiny shirt. Well, he's not back with papa yet, but he's back in town. Jumping back to Mos Espa with Boba, Fennec, and Mando. Everyone in his crew has their locations in order. The plan is set. We know what we gotta do. And it's at this moment that Laszlo informs Boba that he has company. We know what this means. He walks into the street, coming face to face with the man who dented his helmet. We get that classic banter that we've always loved between Boba and Ben. Followed by an attempted instigation. Then a calm-headed Bober prevails and chooses to end the attempted instigation. That's that. Cad Bane's disappointed. He walks away. And now it begins as the coordinated hits begin against the cyborg punks. Then Big K. Then the two-thirds man-pig bear guards fall over the cliff. Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> 
Big K's giving his group hell. The cyborgs are in a nasty, nasty shootout. Finnick to the rescue. She saves the day, then she rides off as we transition to Boba and Mando back at the Pleasure Palace. Boba gives him a way out. Mando declines, citing the creed. They contemplate their best course of action. The mayor's sidekick offers to negotiate and surrender. Boba then messages out his terms and sends him out there to get the job done, offering nothing. It was a distraction. We know this because Boba comes swinging in like a junior high production of Peter Pan. Mando flies in. Jetpacks are roaring. Blasters are blasting. Syndicate and the two Mandos tearing up the streets of Mos Espa. Knee action. Wrist action. It's on like Donkey Kong, baby. Our heroes are pinned down, times are dire, and it's looking bad. But just then, out of nowhere, come the people of Freetown. The street fight intensifies, then the cyborgs show up. Big K comes around the corner. He needs assistance, which he gets, but he makes it to safety with the others as they make their stand. Now, this is where it gets real. And I mean real, real. Like Tooth Fairy real. Because these two huge droids, prequel era reminiscent, come out to play from around the corners. Everyone's retreating, leaving Boba and Mando to fight them off. Boba's like, you wait here, I'll be back. He then flies off. The droids split, one chasing the group while Mando takes on the other on his own. Now, I will admit, on a personal note, at this point in time, I'm so into this that uh, I forgot about Crazy Hair and Baby Yoda. Because all of a sudden, they show up, totally oblivious to the situation. Mando jumps on the back of her rickshaw, and they try to make a getaway, but it ain't looking good. Mando sees Grogu, who jumps into his arms, cutting back to the cyborgs and the Freetown folk. They're pinned down by the other droid. It ain't looking good for them at all, but when does it ever? Mando gets some help as we hear the Rancor drawing near. Then there it is, up on the building. Boba sitting on top. It is the Rancor. Boba engages from the front. Mando from the rear. Bounce, bounce, bounce. The Rancor gets in some good shots as well. Mando finally breaks through that shield, jumps on top of it, and wrecks it with his dark saber. Okay, okay. Baby Yoda helped out a little bit too by disabling a leg. But the Rancor finished it off by ripping it in two. It was glorious! A bumpkin and a rat make it to the roof and take out the syndicate. Boba then shows up and that Rancor cleaned house on that other droid, destroying it. Got in a little sushi snack and it was good. Cat Bane felt it needed to be cooked. So he shoots some fire into that Rancor's face. It bucks off Boba, then runs off over the buildings, and here we are. Boba Fett, Cad Bane, in the streets, living together. Bane outdraws him, blasting him into the shoulder, talks a bit of smack. Then Boba shoots fire. Bane rolls to his left, shoots Boba again, like a cat toying with a mouse. He rips Boba's helmet off and stands over him, Boba preparing for his death. Or is he? Because just at that moment, he rolls over, grabs his gaffy stick, hits Bane's blaster out of his hand, jabs, hooks. Bane pulls his other blaster. Boba knocks that away, then drives the gaffy through Bane's chest. Meanwhile, the Rancor is on the loose, having his King Kong moment, tearing up the city. Boba's crew are shooting at it. Mando stops them, then tries to engage. That goes poorly, resulting in Mando on his back as the Rancor 
stands over him. Baby Yoda then steps in between them and he uses the force to put that beast to sleep. <laughs> then the cutest thing, he, he walks over and he curls up next to him and <laughs> takes a nap with him. It was so awesome. So sweet. Cutting back to Mos Eisley, the syndicate leader is preparing to flee the planet. We hear blaster shots from outside. The room is then cleared, leaving the Pike's rep and the mayor. Mayor's hung up by his neck while the Pike is run through from behind. Fennec stands there, basking in the glory, then makes her getaway. And here we are. The city is saved. The people love Boba. The crew's just kicking it on the corner. Then we move to space where the Mando and Grogu are flying away in his N1 post credit scene. We see that Deadwood's very own Marshall Bullock is in fact alive and is in Boba's back to tank, with the cyborg surgeon prepping to do some work on the old lawman. And that is Boba's book report. Thank you all so much for joining me again. I am Jay Wade here at the Jcast Network. This series has been a part of Irreverent Reviews. Uh, you can find that playlist on the Jcast Network channel on YouTube. And our content is also uploaded to Anchor, where you can find it on Spotify, uh, Google Play, whatever your uh, uh, whatever your choice is for podcasts. Everyone, thank you so much. For the support, please subscribe and ring that bell, hit like as well, and we will see you for the next Star Wars show.